0: Welcome to the Burn Podcast with host Ben Newman, the show where we break down the drive of the world's top performers in sports and business to uncover that underlying burn that pushes them to perform at the highest level. Today's episode is brought to you by the Financial Advisor Academy and the Unrequired Coaching Program. To learn more, head over to the Here is your host, Ben Newman.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman. And you know, every single week, we come to you with a story that will inspire you to connect on a deeper level to that burn, that fire that lies inside of you. We have to have a why, we have to have a purpose, but it's that internal fire that lights the why and the purpose on fire every single day that drives us to achieve and to attack the daily disciplines to get to your next level. Today's story is going to be a huge inspiration for you. Uh, Unfortunately, I had to reschedule a couple of times, and Aaron doesn't know this, but I was upset because I couldn't wait to hear some of the answers to the questions that I have for you. And so with, with, with no holding back, we are going to go right into it. I want everybody to have the opportunity to meet Aaron Gallup the first legally blind Division I athlete. You played long snapper for the Tulane football team. You've now taken your energy, your confidence, your belief in yourself to now be a financial advisor. You're doing speaking events virtually you love being on the stage we're able to get on the stage i've learned that from you but uh so excited to really find out from you and for you to really share the first legally blind division one athlete take us there take us to take us to high school take us to when you first put your hands on that pigskin and you said i'm going to be a college football player yeah Well, well, first off, Ben, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate
2: it. And, you know, I I started playing football in seventh grade, and it was something that I was never really good at. You know, I was an offensive and defensive lineman. I was legally blind, and I was undersized. And for those of you that don't really know what legally blind means, for me, I have no vision in my right eye and very limited in my left. So think of it, a hole smaller than the size of, like, half of a dime, and then out of that small hole in my left eye, you know, my vision is 2200. So what you see at about 200 feet away, I see it about 20. So that's my vision. Um, and I was never very good. And I didn't have the confidence either. And it really got to the point that I was playing at the end of the games when we were up big or down big. And I, that wasn't playing football to me. And so once I got into my sophomore season, I made a decision. I said, what can I do to become a starter? What can I do to play in college? And it was all about work ethic. It was all about shifting my mindset. And I said, if I find a position that can fit me, I can do this. I found long snapping, and I just put the plan to place. I would show up to school every day at 5 AM. I would practice long snapping every day before school. I would lift weights every day after school. And I was very disciplined, because I knew that's what I had
1: to do to succeed. It, it, it's incredible. You know, you know, you, you hear that, and right now we we live in a world that I mean there's so much challenge and adversity with issues of social injustice to COVID to the challenges that so many of us had before we've dealt with all of these issues of 2020. Yet to hear that you had an issue, this is this is an issue that you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's a, it, it's being legally blind. How easy would it have been to say, I just won't play sports, right? I'll just go do other things. But for you to attack it and then to have a plan and then to say, I'm going to figure out the position and then here's what I'm going to do. And you picked a position. Let me tell you, long snappers don't get enough credit. I've been around some unbelievable <laughs> long snappers. You guys snap that thing so damn hard, it'll break your fingers. And so people don't realize... For you to do that, it's extraordinary for you to have developed, uh, developed that skill. So take us back to high school, and so you're, you're putting in the work, you're lifting the weights. How, how did you become noticed to then go do this collegiately? I mean, you played Division One football at Tulane. Yeah. I mean, look, I went to – I had a long-snapping coach. His name was Chris Rubio
2: and ran camps. Him and his partner, Chris Taylor, ran kicking camps, and – you were allowed you could get nationally ranked, get instruction. So I went there for the first time the summer after my sophomore year of high school. And I had put in all this work and I said, I'm gonna be amazing. I'm gonna be such a good snapper. I'm gonna rank get ranked so highly and I was horrible. I remember <laughs> snapping a ball way over the punter's head. It was I was bad. I was ranked <laughs> terrible. And <laughs> right after that camp I said, This isn't enough. I'm working hard, but I need to work ten times harder just to be as good as everyone else and I need to work a hundred times harder to be one of the top guys in the nation and I just it fueled me and I just pushed further and further and further and a year later I was ranked one of the top guys in the nation at his camp I was contacting schools getting recruited and it just was because I continued to push I didn't let that failure that defeat stop me it's the same thing with everything I do in life you know failing is not failing to me Failing is only failing if you don't learn from your mistakes. I learn every single time I fail. So I love failure. It allows me to learn. It allows me to grow
1: and succeed in the future. So all of this passion, all this clarity, what's the fuel? What what was the burn for you? What was the part where you said, this is what fuels me. This is where the drive comes from. Help us really go down deep for us. What is that burn that caused you to think that way and to show up and take that kind of action?
2: Yeah, I mean, the short answer is showing that the impossible is possible. And, and and really, that is true. If you set your mind to something, you can accomplish anything that you want. But I think going deeper into that, you know, I always had this belief, you know, I don't think anyone really thought I could play football. No one thought, you know, I could play college football, especially because I, I didn't think I could play football in general. And there were a lot of beliefs about me, a lot of beliefs about someone who has a disability. You can't do this or you can't do that. And I just said, I don't care. I'm going to push harder. I'm going to work harder than everyone else, and I'm going to achieve it. And I think that's driven me with everything I do in life, that I want to be the best, and I have the confidence to be the best. And if I combine all of that, my work ethic, my confidence, everything about me, I can accomplish anything. And that's really what drove me.
1: And so, so how does that mindset show up today, right? So the football career is over. You know, the stands are empty. And that's a really tough transition for football players. I, I know there was the period of time where you took a shot at, uh, you know, the NFL. And, you know, I, I just commend you on, on your fight, on taking the game as far as you can take it and learning as much as you can from it. But how do you face adversity now? What, what are the lessons maybe from football? How do you face adversity now as a financial advisor or maybe going after that next great speaking opportunity?
2: Yeah, you know, in everything I do in business and finance and speaking, there's always adversity. There's always someone who thinks that you can't do it. There's always, you know, that next challenge or roadblock ahead of you. And what you really need to learn is that you need to tune out the judgment of others and understand that your opinion is the only one that you need to value. You know, I respect everyone's opinion. Everyone has a phenomenal opinion and a phenomenal point of view. But the only person's opinion that I value and truly value is my own. Because the only person's values and and, and opinions of myself that matter are me. You know, if I talk to someone and they don't want to work with me, if I talk to someone and they, you know, don't like what I'm doing for some reason, that's okay. That's their opinion. And I respect that. But I don't have to value that. And because I have that mindset and that opinion of myself, I have the confidence that the next opportunity
1: will come and what happens in the past doesn't matter. I love that. So You, you, you respect it, but uh, you don't have to value it. That is, that's incredibly powerful, you know, because far too many people, they allow their feelings to dictate how they show up based upon what somebody else says, what somebody else does. And oftentimes, I, I've always, you know, shared this with advisors, people in the world of business, is if somebody tells you no, or maybe they come at you with an attitude or something that surprises you or it's upsetting to you, oftentimes I always chalked it up to there's something going on in their life. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that I may not understand. It's something that they may not share with anybody else. But there's a reason why they're choosing to treat me that way. So I'm just going to go on about my yeah. work. Right. And, and yeah. And, and look, every no you get is
2: one step closer to a yes. If I haven't gotten five no's by lunchtime, then I haven't
1: had a productive day. And I, I think that's such a, a great lesson. You and I were chatting about the, the speaking business. And, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, will you speak. And so people just hire you to speak. It's like, it doesn't always work out that way. Somebody may say, you know, your energy is too much or, you know, you're too in your face. It's too loud. It's too locker room ass." right? So I may not be the best fit for every single speaking engagement. Maybe my fee is too high. You know, maybe the date doesn't work. And so, you know, things don't always work out, but you have to keep fighting through those no's. It's such a critically important thing. And I I love what you're saying. That's how you know you're in the game. You've heard five no's before you get to lunch. That's powerful. So uh, two two more questions I have for you. Who's the best coach you ever had? So I I think someone
2: who wasn't a physical coach, but was a coach and a role model and so my my good friend's father, his name is Steve Burden. He, his whole family, his father was a legendary uh, Patriots player, Ron Burden, uh, Hall Fame player. His son now is a college quarterback, and his whole family has been in athletics. And you know, I would show up every day to high school with my dad, him, and his son, who now is a quarterback. And you know, we would practice every day. and, and kind of two lessons from that. I think he and my dad were both the biggest coaches. My dad would show up to me with me every day, but he would never say, you know, do you want to go snap tomorrow morning? He would go with me every morning, but only after I asked him to come with me. He would never push me to do it, but if I asked him, he would come with me. But then when I got to school, he would catch my snaps. But if I ever had a bad snap, Steve would be the one to push me. If I had a bad snap, he'd say, go, go give me pushups. You know, go fix this. He would never let anything slide. And that dedication and work ethic that he instilled in me really allowed me to you know, become the person I am.
1: That's incredible. And it sounds like so. You learned attention to detail from a uh, from a Hall of Famer, which a lot of people, they hear Hall of Famer and they don't realize. There's about a 350 men who have ever walked the face of the earth that have played in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And my dear friend Aeneas Williams, you know, he was also a guest here on the show The Burn and, you know, I mentioned that statistic then, but I think people hear Hall of Famer and they're like, oh, there must be thousands of people in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you're talking about 350 people. So for you to receive that kind of coaching, it makes me think to myself, like how unique that you were young, you were accepting of it, you were open to the coaching, right? Because a lot of times, you know, people, maybe they're not coachable, right? So you went out, you were disciplined, but he helped you attack the details. That's what, what a great opportunity that was. Yeah. Look, one of the biggest strengths that you can have is being coachable. And if
2: you're not willing to learn, if you're not willing to adjust and change, then there's only so far that you can
1: go. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Aaron, I got one, one great question. And uh, I'm, I'm a big iron sharpens iron guy. So I'm always wanting to learn. I'm always uh, wanting to grow. What is the greatest life lesson? you have ever learned could be from a coach a teacher a friend what's the greatest life lesson if there's one thing you say at every speech I want to make sure I'm sharing this lesson what's the greatest life lesson you've ever learned
2: things in life happen for you and not to you and by that I mean I think when I was younger I used to have the opinion of you know I'm legally blind this happened to me why is this the case I can't drive whatever that's not my opinion anymore I am so thankful that I was born legally blind. It is a gift to me. It is a blessing. It's not a curse because I get to pave the way for others in sports, in life, share my story and impact so many people. And if I wasn't legally blind, I wouldn't be able to do all this. And for that, I'm so grateful. What an amazing perspective.
1: Aaron, let them know. How can they stay in contact with you?
2: Yeah, so two ways. My Instagram is at Aaron J. Golub, and at my website is AaronGolub.com. You can feel free to check out any of those.
1: Guys, de- definitely check out Aaron. Stay connected to Aaron. I'm also going to give him a plug. He has a podcast that's uh, getting ready to roll out. And actually, by the time uh, by the time this episode comes out, we should have a handful of episodes we've already been able to uh, to learn from. So I'm excited for you to continue to grow as an advisor. As, as really, it's a coaching too. With podcasts, with your mindset, you're going to be coaching people as a speaker. Uh, I hope everybody just, you really take in how Aaron embraces adversity. I'm so thankful for you spending this time and sharing with us, but I really want to challenge everybody. How are you showing up in the midst of the adversity that's in your life now? If you take the opportunity to listen and to embrace Aaron's mindset of embracing adversity as a blessing, I think how you show up when you face challenge and adversity will help you write one hell of a story. Thank you for continuing to support The Burn, for subscribing to The Burn, for sharing our episodes. We appreciate you, and let's keep fighting together. Aaron, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Burn Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get notifications as new episodes release every week. To connect with Ben, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Continued Fight. Until next time, keep attacking one day at a time.